In association with the Omniverse Comics Guide, this is the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast coming to you from the megacity metropolis of Toronto. I'm your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 325. Boom. I hear your fan, Shane. It sounds <laughs> different now when I press record. How's it going, buddy? Uh, it's good. <laughs> Are you pumped? Tonight's a big night. You're defending champion. I'm pumped and I'm worried because Why? Been, I, I don't know. Like, it, there's so much to know. And there's, you know, what gets you the most is the trivia, the, the questions where, because it's not like multiple choice or anything like that. It's just filling, like, we ask you the question, do you know the answer? Um, so sometimes you think you know everything, and then there's those one questions where you do know the answer, but you just can't think of it in the moment because there's just so Stop much. Firing. Something's off. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't get those, and then when you hear the right answer, it just it kills you. <laughs> but uh, but I think we're, I've honestly, I'm I've been preparing like crazy. Like my girlfriend is so sick of Seinfeld. She wants nothing to do with Seinfeld anymore. Um, <sighs> I was just today at my buddy's house. He was on my trivia team, and we were just cramming, cramming like uh, for the biggest test of all time. You, you know what? You're gonna get it. You'll be good. We'll see. We've prepared more than I can't imagine anyone else who's going to trivia tonight has prepared the way we have. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's, <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? It's better, but it's better to go in prepared and ready, like. Any season, any question, you guys, someone's got it. You got this. You got this in the bag. You guys are committed. You're the Mandelbombs, right? We were the Mandelbombs, but that was before COVID. And then one of our teammates, he moved to Ottawa, so he doesn't do it anymore. So we've been between names, like every time we kind of switched them up. But the last, the, the one we won with was uh, the Pinko Kami Rags. So that's our, <laughs> that's what we're going to go with that again since we're defending champs. Okay. All right, so here's a... For people who don't know the, the reference, um, when they talk about the in Del Boca Vista, the condo, uh, it's called, the, their newsletter is called the Boca Breeze, <laughs> and Jerry's dad calls it a pinko commie rag. So that's, that's the reference. Um, okay, here's a quick trivia question for you. Um, from season one, since that's what we're, we're covering today and finishing, what is the law firm that jerry goes and waits in the lobby to oh, meet vanessa Stagman, robbins bennett Oppenheim, and taft nice there you go you're ready that's a that's a good that's, that's a lot easy, to remember. Though. that's an easy one that's it's not, a, it's it's an obvious trivia question like you know that they would make that a trivia question but it's a lot to remember in a certain order like you have to care to remember you that hear a real a deep cut question that my buddy just asked me this is a real question this is like <laughs> it was before the um, the party at Peterman's, Elaine paints her fingernails. What color? I got it right. Toxic waste green. Wow. That's like that's that's the level we're going for, which is borderline insane. A little bit, a little. But hey, I've just been walking around reading the scripts. Okay, you got any more that your friend has? Uh, we did a lot. It's uh, that's just when I thought of off the top of my head. That's very difficult. Okay. I mean, I could. You want me to? I, I've been making my own for him too. Like, a, I can. You want me to give you three really hard ones and see if you're even close? I won't be even hard. close, but go for it. Yeah, let's okay, see what. This, I, this one's from uh, one of your favorite seasons, season four. 
Okay. How much do NBC offer for the pilot development? I'm going to say 100,000. 13,000. Not even close. Not even close. And then uh, George, the goat turns it down, negotiates, and <laughs> getting 8,000. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, it all comes back to me when you describe, like, what follows. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I think Thanks. they're offering Ted Danson 13,000? <laughs> You're not Ted Danson. Um, okay, this one, this is a hard one. We'll see if you got it. But it's it, these are from season four, so okay. Uh, the episode "The Watch" when Jerry throws his dad's watch out. Where does he say he's getting his watch repaired? No idea. Uh, Jimmy Sherman, eighty fifth in Columbus. <laughs> I take my stuff to him all the time. Yeah, I remember it now. I that's why I can watch that show all the time because I'll remember episodes, but then there will be those. The more you watch it, there will be those moments with Jerry's dad that. His interaction with it made you laugh at something new. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One more. This is One from more. the Bubble Boy. <laughs> Everybody knows what Moops. Moops. Everyone knows Moops. What does Jerry write on the Bubble Boy's the picture at the diner? You know this. Everyone knows this. I don't know it. Nothing finer than being in your diner? That yeah, yeah. Okay. What does he write on in the one at the beginning of the episode? What does he write on his dry cleaners headshot that he signs for him? <laughs> I don't remember. That's the level of question we're going. I'm very impressed. That's <laughs> yeah. He makes it a point to always have like a zing to his. He yeah. wants it to be clever. Yes. Okay. I think you guys will be good. I really do. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'm it's kind of weird. It, it freaks me out to know that there might be people who like Seinfeld more than <laughs> yeah. that level. To think that someone likes it more than that, I'm like, why? Well, I mean, I guess if like if you didn't if like if you didn't have like a job and like a like yeah. I have a girlfriend, like I got you know, that's what's keeping me from being a real, real insane person just staying home all day knowing like I wanna know everything ever. But it's impossible because you like there's stuff that like <laughs> like I knew I used to know season five and six in and out, but now <laughs> I've been like cramming I've been going like one, two, three, four and then doing eight and nine really hard. So it's like you stuff falls out of your head. You're crazy. Mm -hmm. Make some comics. Yeah, I know. I'm going to make some comics tomorrow. All right. Um, let's get into these episodes. All right. Well, is... Today, we're going to cover the last two episodes of season one. Episode four, Male Unbonding. Mm -hmm. Episode five, The Stock Tip. Yeah. Did you rewatch uh, them recently? I watched them on the plane ride home from Jamaica. So okay. it's been a week since I've watched them, but I did watch them. And I did take notes. Probably should have rewatched them just to keep it fresh. But I've seen these before. Mm -hmm. And as we talk about it. But I did watch um, the male unbonding with a much keener eye for certain things now that we're doing this. Yeah. And we get to see Jerry Jerry's apartment number. Yeah, 411. How did you feel? Uh, I made a note of it. Yeah, me too. I'm like, finally, we get it. First episode, he's eight. In the male and bonding, he's 4'11". Then later in season two, he's he's uh, 3A, and then eventually he becomes 4A for the rest of the series. Which is your favorite? Which is What, what should his apartment number be? It's 5A. That's the one? Okay. Because there was... he's And he's mentioned, like, he's on the 10th floor sometimes. Yeah, in, in I think it's the stock tip. 
Kramer, yeah. you know, the window with binoculars at a woman. And then Jerry goes, yeah, she wants a, a guy who's 10 floors up. That's you know, right. Carrying her with binoculars 10 floors up. But it doesn't make sense if you're... On fourth floor. Any of those numbers are 4A, 3A, 411, 5A. It's not 10 floors up. Yeah. Do I also want... noticed, um, you know the episode The Stranded in season three when they get stuck in Long Island? Yeah. George goes home with that girl Ava who's in the real estate office with him. She says that she just sold 129 West 81st Street. But in the next episode, the alternate side where Jerry's car gets stolen, both him and Kramer say that their address is 129 West 81st Street. So it's a blooper. It's just like an error from the early. Seasons one and two have a lot of like inconsistencies. Yeah, because I don't, I don't know how much they were secure of like, the investment in them right they were just getting an opportunity to make stuff and i think it was yeah like larry david said he like he always didn't want to come back after every season he thought that that was enough they didn't want to do anymore they didn't wouldn't have any more ideas that's hilarious yeah but i guess um, that's that's what forces the ideas out right is that you have to that necessity to yeah. just create makes you become well, clever. In, in, in the um in that book seinfeldia uh, they talk about basically the way they they come up with the the plots for the episodes. In the first like two three seasons are Seinfeld, um, Larry David, and other producers like a lot of their or the writers their stories that happen to them. Like like Larry David really when he was on SNL, he walked he quit he walked stormed out he quit and then came back to work and as if nothing happened. <laughs> they use that George, but as they go on they run out of their own material so they they're hiring different writers. And then mining those people's lives for for stories like that. Yeah. Well, like you, it's it's like one of the writers. His dad literally did festival. <laughs> Wasn't one of the Seinfeld? I don't know if it was a writer or somebody who was on the the crew. Might have been a writer, but he's like a super big comic book collector, art like original art. He's got like the biggest well, museum maybe. of it. I yeah. I I, I, forget, I I think it's the guy with in the um. The episode when they're, when they're in the garage, the guy with the beard that walks by them. He's one of the, he's the guy. Oh, oh, in the parking garage. Parking garage, yes. Yeah, yeah, that maybe. Guy. I, know. I know with uh, Tony, Elaine's hunky boyfriend, George brings him Superman comic books. That's right, that's right. And it's from, you can see it's that era of like after Superman died and. Yeah, Reign of Superman. Yeah, that's it's those era. Yeah, I think it was one of those covers where it was like the foil where you opened it and it had the cutout, the die cutout. Like the eradicators on it or something. Something like that. Yeah, it's true. Good call. Um, male unbonding. Did you ever have to break up with a guy before? I actually did, yeah. Tell me. I need to know. Uh, we had a friend. Um, <laughs> That's at, amazing. We were always just friends. It's the same idea like Jerry. He's He was just friends with him as a kid. <laughs> you get older and you just realize this guy sucks. <laughs> Joel Hornick. Uh, Joel Hornick, yeah. Joel Hornick. He had a was, ping pong table. <laughs> he had a ping pong table. He lived three houses down. He played when he, he would have been he would have been friends with Stalin if he had a ping pong table. <laughs> yeah, so tell me about your your Joel Hornick. Can you or is it like you'd rather not? I don't care. I'll say his name too. Mike Troke is <laughs> the worst. He's just a shitty friend. He's just one of those guys that uh he called you when he needed something, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, like my friend Steve is a computer guy. When he needed, like, he wouldn't ever call Steve, but all of a sudden he was calling Steve up. He wants his computer fixed. If he, like, he would do this thing where he'd, like, call me up, but 
he wouldn't he would do this whole song and dance where it was like let's pretend we're friends again real close for a couple of days let's go out to eat and and then eventually he'd get to you're just like i'd rather him just go hey man just tell me what you want instead of this bullshit where you pretend we're good buddies again and usually when it was me he wanted some art done or something like that but you want it for free and eventually i got to a point where i just i told him i don't think we should be friends anymore i broke up with him as a guy how did you feel how did he feel? Did he saw it was great, except all of my other friends were still friends with him, and they made me feel like an asshole. But all now that that was like I think that was like twelve years ago, absolutely none of them are still friends with him anymore. They've all gone. I was the first. I was just the first one to do it. I was right. How does that feel? It feels good because the guy. I, I like being right when you know when someone's a piece of shit. Yeah, people got to learn the hard way. Yeah. Well, Jerry, Jerry's trying to do it here with Joe Hornick. He tries, but Jerry's such a wuss in this, man. He's still season one, all of season one, Jerry's a little wuss. Yeah, he doesn't have that that uh gets a little bit more what's the word? Aggressive or like he's got a little bit more edge to him as the seasons go on, maybe. Yeah, he's a little bit more like cold and heartless and more like, you know, just steps back and makes fun of people. In this he's very um concerned about people's feelings and stuff like that, which is he's not later on. Yeah, I was I was kind of I was really upset with how Jerry handled it in the sense yeah. of like why would you give up your tickets? Like you promised your other friend, your actual friend that you like, like forget this guy. The man guy. wept. The man wept <laughs> sobbing. <laughs> yeah. What's that actor's name? Um he's, um he's a good actor. I wrote like, it down. He's great. He's in a bunch of stuff. He's uh what's his name? I wrote it down. Done something done. Kevin Dunn. Yeah. So Kevin Dunn, he was, I remember seeing him in like Hot Shots and he shows up in a lot of movies. Oh yeah. He was in uh, Transformers. He was the dad in Transformers. He's, uh, he auditioned, he's one of the actors that auditioned for George Costanza. Makes sense. Yeah. Just like Jerry's buddy, Larry Miller, who's the doorman later. He auditioned for George Costanza. Yeah. Uh, So I guess they just end up liking these guys and putting them in there somewhere. But he's great. Joel Hornick's, I love him. I do too. I wish he was around a little more. This is only appearance, I, right? He's one person that I would lo- would have liked to see come back is Joel Hornick. Yeah, he wasn't because he, he he would have been such a good person to throw in the mix to like be a wrench in the plans every season. Just a one two appearances would just be right, like a Banya. You know, it's yeah. good to have those occasional uh, reoccurrences, especially when. He's a recognizable actor too. Like his performances are always like he really got into that crying. Oh, it's he's great. Really when, good. That's that's actually like of this first season. I think this is my favorite episode for the one reason where he goes. I always say it too. He goes when he's crying and he goes. I always tell everyone to go see his show. And he <laughs> yells at everyone in the diner. I love it. It makes me laugh every time. I I reference it a lot for no reason. It is a good moment where he has to shout at the whole restaurant with everything he's feeling. He went from but yelling at the waitress to to telling, like, "Yeah, go see his show. Go ahead." Like he, do you know a guy like that who talks to waitresses or, or servers or people like that? The way they he talks to them, like, do you do you ever know anyone in real life who talks to people like that? Like everyone knows someone like this guy. Narcissist, self centered, doesn't listen to you when you try to talk, and then just. Goes on and on about himself all the time. It has nothing to say. Yeah, I mean, I know people like that, but not the whole waitress thing. Not so much My that. My dad was like that. Your dad was My like dad, that? Who was passed. Uh, he was 
so embarrassing in restaurants. He would talk to, he would talk to servers like that. It reminds actually, me of my dad. Actually, I, I, it's, I do know exactly that person. Yes, I do. Yeah. It's the person I just finished working with. So yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's a hundred percent that. Every time we go to a restaurant, he'd talk to the servers like that. And I would just be, I would literally like look at them and mouth like, I'm sorry, like so embarrassed. Uh, just pe- treating people like nothing, like it was awful. Yeah. And you're just like, you're a caveman. Mm. <laughs> There's a caveman Neanderthal mentality to you. Like, holy. Yeah. No, I, I know people like that. I work in the plumbing industry. I definitely know people like that. Is it real turkey or is it that turkey roll stuff? Yeah. <laughs> is there a bird in the back? Yeah, there's no pleasing a person like that. They're always going to be... the way he, um, when Jerry goes, how could you talk to somebody like that? And then he's so oblivious, he just goes, what are you saying, you like turkey roll? Yeah, he did. <laughs> he doesn't even get that he's being rude. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a, I think, a, a highlight of the season. Uh, you're right. It's one of those uh, gems of episodes amongst the first couple where you get to see what the show could be. Yeah. So this episode is actually, it's it was the second one that was produced. Okay. They filmed this before all the other season one except for the pilot, but they just pushed it back into the into the the mix because they wanted to more establish the Jerry. That's why Elaine's only in one scene in the at the end. I wanted to mention that. I was yeah. gonna say I always in my mind feel like this is Elaine's first appearance on the show because of the interaction yeah. of them being so indifferent to each other. But, and he, and the, he kind of smiles like she's ridiculous, but I like her. She's great in this episode. She has one scene and she knocks it out of the park. So good. Where she's like, to me, that feels like classic later on Elaine, Jerry banter when it's just, uh, what do you want to go out to eat? Uh, I don't, what are you hungry? I don't know. He goes, where do you want to go? I don't care. I'm not hungry. He goes, uh, well, we can go to those cappuccino places. That just there. <laughs> what are you gonna do there? Talk? <laughs> I'll go if I don't have to talk. Okay, we won't talk. Okay, I'll go. And <laughs> I and and the the grin on Jerry's face, even though we know it's because he can't keep it together. I also feel like Jerry would really react that way to somebody like that. Like he would find that entertaining. So it seemed genuine, that little moment. Yeah. But I always feel like it's Elaine's first appearance. And it's interesting you say <laughs> that was the first thing, one of the first things they actually filmed. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And it, um, it's also, if you notice um, in the episode, The Robbery, that we already covered, the woman who's the waitress in The, in the, um, in the Monks, her name's Carol. She's the one who ends up getting the apartment. They go to her party after. But in this episode, the, she's the waitress that Joel's really rude to, but Jerry doesn't seem to be very, he doesn't seem to have any relation to her because it makes sense that it was shot before the robbery. Yeah, I almost feel like this could be the the second episode yeah, it, it really of the whole series. The it feels like it. It makes more sense, and it's a pretty solid one. Yeah, I guess they just wanted to more establish the whole Jerry-Elaine breakup friendship type thing, so that makes sense that the, the stakeout would be the the first one also do you know what this is this is the only episode without the in front so it's not the male album bonding it's just male unbonding i didn't notice that all of the other episodes are the in front this one is just called male unbonding 
Yeah, that's very much a, a or like a piloty sort of thing to be in in the thing of the show. Well, I looked it up. It's because um, they wanted. So the reason they call the episodes the whatever, and they just pick one of the plots from it. So the Cheever letters, the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the Bubble Boy, whatever. They they didn't want the writers focusing on trying to come up with clever names for the episodes. They wanted them to just pick whatever it is called the that, and um, they also didn't think that. I mean, this is before DVDs. This is before internet. They didn't know that people were going to be calling them by the episode names. I thought it was just going to be on TV, and no one was really going to know the name of the episode, so they didn't really overthink it too much. Apparently, when they went back, Jerry and Larry tried to get it changed to the male unbonding, but it was too late. So weird. So that's, Why is that? that's the only reason. It's the only one, the only episode that's not called the. Huh. And this is the first time we get the. It's not you. It's me. Yeah. That's Very right. famous Seinfeld line. And we start to have finally George has his own his own plot, kind of. You don't see it, but he talks about his women troubles. Yes. So it's yeah. finally like starting to have a second storyline that's not just Jerry. They, they don't get into it too much, but it's George. He's dating a girl who they don't name, but it goes badly. Why does it go badly? Where's the What's the catalyst for the breakdown? I forget. He, he reached into his pocket to pay for something. He was going to buy her an orange. He was going to buy her an orange drink uh, for five dollars. Um, but then he pulled out. There was green mint floss on his finger and his. Oh pocket. yeah. He saw the floss and he thinks that that's why she broke up with him. <laughs> then he's wearing a fanny pack. <laughs> yeah. Jerry goes, "You don't think it might have to do with your? I think you called it your little friend there or whatever." Because it looks like your belt's digesting a small animal. Man. Fanny packs were always kind of like, you're going with it, then you got to go with it. Like, you had to own think, it. I don't think a fanny pack was ever at any point considered cool. And this is, like, 1990. So, like, even back then. And, I mean, that's that's part of the Seinfeld charm is they always threw in these little jabs at pop culture things. Or, or you know what I mean? Like, so it's just, like, Jerry was like, I also just want to comment on how stupid fanny packs are in this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had a fanny pack as a kid. You did? Oh, yeah, I did. I think I was like, uh, how old? Seven. Okay, I think I had when I was like six or seven. But even back then, I think it became very uncool very quickly. I didn't have it for long. And it was only like when we go to amusement park type of stuff. Like your parents give you money and you would keep it in your whatever you had. But, yeah, they... they <laughs> It's always funny when you see that that picture of the rock with a fanny pack in his chain outside of his shirt. It's hilarious because of that fanny pack. I mean, I feel like that might be part of like, like ironically, the fanny pack has kind of come back. People wear bit. it more as like a strap. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of guys wear it as like a strap across their shoulder, but it's essentially a fanny pack that's come back in style. It's true. Like a designer fanny pack. You know? Yeah. No, it's true. Absolutely. I always carry a backpack on me. So one way or the other, I've got a bag. You don't, I carry a European carry-all. <laughs> I got one of those, too. <laughs> um, another thing that I loved about this episode was uh, the the I love when Kramer talks about his business ventures. Yeah. Cramerica. First appearance of Cramerica Industries. It's so good. Which and is, I don't even think they reference Cramerica again until season eight. Really? Yeah, when he gets the intern for Cramerica Industries. Like, he mentioned it here, and I don't think it's mentioned again until season eight. Well, I like too the the pizza pie reference because it it comes back, but yeah. 
I think in did they mention it in a previous episode already? He's like, oh, your pizza pie thing. Did they say that already, or is this the only first time mention of it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like, I, yeah, he does end up doing it later with Poppy. <laughs> it's all supervised. It's all supervised. Well, every time he drops that line, it, I cackle. That's it's yeah. so good. That's a, you can't have people putting their arms in a, a six hundred degree oven. It's all supervised. <laughs> when he says we were being hit by sweat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I love when he when he does those uh just little touches. What was that a reaction to again? What were they doing? What was a reaction to what? When he said when we were getting hit by sweat, they what were was it? Second row behind the oh, bench. Oh, that's right because of the Hornick tickets. <laughs> Hornick, Jerry gave Hornick the tickets. Hornick brought Kramer. What a creep! Especially when he see like when he interacts with Elaine. I'm like, God, how could you be but friends with a I guy mean, like this? Everyone knows a guy like her. I know, right? It's true. Really, like the, even the thing, ah, oh, we're just friends. It's like, oh, you're gonna introduce me to your nephew, you know? Like that. It's like the, every guy that just like you can't just be around another girl without them insinuating that you're you guys are hooking up or something. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, the, yeah, I know. I know. Like it's like that. Oh man, that's why I love it. It's so real. Yeah, it's true, right? It's that it's that reference to. There are really people like this, and you're right. I do know people like that. Um, I love the the. It was a a cool ending to the episode. The the montage, not the montage, the stand up. I like that line. It's been great having you on the show. We're out of time. Like it was. Oh yeah. <laughs> to treat your friendships like that. Yeah, it's true. I mean, sometimes you do want to break up with a friend, right? Yeah. And and Shane's actually done it. I'm trying to think. I don't think I've ever broken up with a friend where how did you break up with your friend? Did you just say to him, like, I don't want to be your friend I no more? Him. I told him I don't want to be his friend anymore. That's it. What did he say? And it was a mess because he was married to their divorce now, obviously, because he's garbage. His wife at the time was friends with all the other girlfriends and everything, so it became a big mess where literally I was singled out like the asshole, but I was proven right in the end anyways. Good for you. Hey, call him up. Tell him. Well, I think most people, especially nowadays, you just end up... You lose touch. You stop talking to those people, right? Yeah, yeah, it's true. All right. Um, how many giddy-ups? Are we done the episode? Do we go over it? Are there more? Am I, am I missing anything? I wanted to talk about, like, there's so many things in it. Talk, that, talk like, about it. it. Like, in the early, like, this, you can tell it feels so late 80s, early 90s. It's very, like, 1990. Like, it's just so dated, all the things. Like, um. Oh, Jerry, even did you notice uh, what Jerry says in one of his stand up bits about going into the bank? He says, You're when you're waiting online at the bank. Yeah, that's right. Just when nobody's online, you got to go through that little velvet rope thing. Uh, but like, even that, that's just so dated because who goes into the bank anymore? Nobody. It's true. I, the, 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 I resent the going to the bank. You, the thing with the pens, the bank pens. Yeah, where he just throws them all. I remember that. that, that that's so funny. A six-year-old kid. I go, I haven't seen a build out a thing with a pen on a chain in a bank in 30 years. That's what it feels like. I mean, it wasn't that long ago when I was like a young adult going to the bank and still doing that. But it does feel dated. It feels like a very late 80s, 90s feature of your childhood, watching your parents look for a pen that works. That's why it's still funny. But I think it's the interactions, right? With with episodes like this, it's more the human relationships aspects 
and the inconveniences of life that will always be funny. I don't yeah. think it'll ever get old. But yeah, this one, especially with the basketball references, you're who what they name three players that who they reference in the show, who they mention. Very nineties. I remember Ewing. Ewing's hurt. I remember Jordan, MJ, Air yeah. Jordan. And when he's looking through the listings, he mentions another person on the, I think it was the Supersonics were coming into town. He mentions the Supersonics, which again, that immediately makes me feel like a kid again. Like Seattle Supersonics. Like when were they a team? I can't remember when they stopped being a team. He mentions Magic and the Lakers. That's right. Magic and the Lakers can't go wrong. Yeah. What a time. Honestly, when you think of like. What Seattle Supersonics become? Aren't they still the Supersonics? Is there still a Supersonics team? I, I think they so. became something else. Oh, man. We got the internets. Let's check the oh, internet. They're the Oklahoma Thunder now. That's why. Uh, okay. Yeah, I should have known the that. Oklahoma Thunder's been around for a while. Yeah. Because you still see a lot of paraphernalia. Like, people still wear a hat or, or, <laughs> or something. Yes. Yeah, Seattle like Supersonics. Kramer is leaving the house. He's on the bathroom in this episode. Which he's starting to get more like Kramer, but he doesn't have the puffy hair yet. And he, he wears a ball cap a lot in the first season, which I don't like. The ball cap is very not Kramer. No, it's it's all about the hair. When he sure. comes back from the game, he's wearing the ball cap. And I'm like, yeah. But he, at least he's not, like in the first few episodes, he's just wearing like a bathrobe because he's supposed to like barely even leave his house. So at least he's dressed more normally in this episode. Oh, man. We're being hit by sweat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I wanna I'm gonna quiz you on this episode. Okay, all right, all right. Okay. Um we're gonna go deep here. This might not okay. be Joel's shrink. Oh boy. He says that two famous people also went to his shrink. Who are they? No, I don't remember. Lenny Bruce? Yes. You know why I have that written here that there's a Lenny Bruce reference. Yeah. And then Jerry tries to talk about Lenny Bruce and he just cuts him off and keeps talking. And he says also he thinks Ger- uh, uh, Geraldo used to go to him. That's hilarious. Lenny Bruce. Yeah. Um, Did Jerry didn't talk a lot about other comedians throughout the show, but that was one of the times where a comedian gets referenced, right? Yeah, he talks about, like, they, they, they're all the references throughout the entire series are all very dated. Like, it's not a lot of newer stuff. Um, you know, like, they talk about, like, Paul Simon, like, plays and stuff like that. Or not Paul Simon, Neil Simon, like, Chapter 2. Or they, they reference, like, uh, Jerry references Jerry Lewis a lot, like, a couple times throughout the series. You know, everything's very dated. Breakfast at Tiffany's, even, like, movies like that, you know. Everything's very dated. Do you think that's done on purpose or it was just like by chance, like the tastes of the people? I think it's a lot of the tastes of like, I think Jerry Lewis is a big hero of Jerry Seinfeld. I think a lot of the musical references and stuff, like Larry David's very big in musicals, loves musicals and stuff like that. So I think a lot of that comes from there. Um, I think something like Rochelle Rochelle is sort of like mocking some of those types of movies and musicals and stuff like that. English uh, Patient. Yeah, but I think, I mean, there is, English Patient was pretty, like, It was, modern. yeah, modern. It was very There's, modern. like, Home Alone they talk about, or Edward Scissorhands, but a lot of the old, the references are very old, and, like, stuff I have to look up, and I go, I don't even know who that is, like. I laugh so hard, just a side sidebar. I was, when we were in Jamaica, there's this little cafe where you can go into and, you know, pick your coffee or whatnot, and I just died of laughter, because they started playing Desperado. Oh, yeah. I, every time. I just die. I just, I imagine. Even the other songs in that episode, they mentioned like Witchy Woman, Oya Como Va. It's all like from the 70s. It's not like modern songs. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. Like they, um, like uh, they mentioned, like George Hamilton is like an actor they reference, or um, John Voight. John Voight, yeah, like he's. I mean, he was around still doing stuff, but like he was famous for like Deliverance from the seventies, right? Like <laughs> John Voight, Anthony Quinn, like. Uh, but they did have. Lena they did Horn, have. I had to look up. I'm like, who's Lena Horn? You know, some actress, from, like the the early 1900s. Wasn't she? Wasn't she a jazz singer, Lena Horne? Is that who she is? I don't know. I, I know. So. I just know that when they say Jerry looks like George's girlfriend, someone someone says that they always thought Jerry looked like Lena Horne. Oh, Nina Horne, not Lena. I think Lena. Lena. Okay. <laughs> She's an American dancer, actress, singer, civil rights activist. Does she look like Jerry? No. Not I didn't at think all, right? so. I looked. At, I looked. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. Stuff. I'm like, that's not. I mean, she doesn't not like. She looks like she could be related to Jerry, but she doesn't look like the girl they get later. That George dates that looks like Jerry. That girl looks like Jerry. Yeah, they she literally does. cast someone that looks like his his twin. She was a comedian, right? I think I remember seeing certain bits of hers. So. No, gotta look that so. up. Okay, I remember there was one female comedian who Sarah Silverman's in it. No. no, no, I'm thinking there's and she had a specific style of telling her jokes like ironically, but she looked like Jerry. I always remembered that. I'm like, this is I think this is the girl from the, that one Seinfeld appearance where George is dating someone that looks like Jerry. Oh, she's a comedian. Maybe I'm wrong. I got to look it up. We can fact check me after. Um, do you want to give giddy ups now? No, I'm still quizzing you. Oh, you're still quizzing me? Okay, let's keep quizzing. I, I just want to—I just want to be able to get to the stock tip. Okay, we're gonna get to it. We're gonna get okay. to it. Okay, all right. Oh, I guess all right. We're running. Oh, wow. Okay. That's what I mean. Ooh. All right. Well, I just want to—I'm gonna quiz you this because it's pretty funny. Yes. Um, uh, what are Jerry's excuses written down for? Um, <laughs> no, uh, so for oh shit! I should have written these down because I remember him doing it and Elaine writing rewriting them. Um, yeah. What did Jerry say? Elena adds to it. I'm tutoring my nephew. That's the excuse he gives why he can't go. He's tutoring his nephew in geometry. You know, trapezoid, rhombus. rhombus. <laughs> but like the note on the thing yeah. next to the. I don't. I forget. He's somebody up at the airport. He's got yes. jury duty. He's okay. waiting for the cable guy. Uh, and then Elaine adds, um, he ran out of underwear and <laughs> that he has been diagnosed with multiple personality disorder. His name is Dan now. <laughs> and then, okay, what, what went, so Joel asked Elaine and Jerry to go to see another game with them on Tuesday. Why can't they go on Tuesday? I love this one because Elaine goes from making fun of him about excuses to immediately having to lie to him for excuses. Like they just—that's one thing I love about the cast. Where they get so in sync with the lying to other people, like they don't miss a beat. Isn't it a recital? Don't they have to go yeah, to like a choir? Choir practice, and then Jerry goes, "Yes, we have choir practice. They're doing <laughs> Eastern European national anthems." <laughs> and he takes it. He's like, "Okay, what about this day?" Yeah, with the wall uh, coming. That's another dated reference, like the wall coming down. Like that's no one talks about that anymore. Oh. That's the early '90s. Um. Thursday, why can't they see the Sonics on Thursday? Don't don't know. They're going to the hospital to see if they qualify for organ donation. <laughs> and Hornick takes it all. He's so oblivious. It's the worst kind of friend. But he, I, I know 
a lot of people like this guy. They're just so they only care about what they're saying. They make everything about themselves all the time. That's crazy. Okay, giddy ups. Giddy ups. I give it a five. You're still five out of ten. Giddy ups. Give it a six. I like it. All right, it's it's weak because it's season one, but it's probably. I think I like it the best out of season one of the up of the episodes of season one. I probably was the most entertained by it. Yeah, it's it's definitely one to go back to and enjoy the the moments. Like every every episode so far had like a classic. There's that line. There's Quone. There's you know yeah. this little moment, but this one had good stuff from everybody. Like everybody got a little bit of shine. The guest on it was pretty memorable. Um, yeah, I like this one too. He's actually, I looked it up. You know, that it's funny because you don't watch. Do you watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I've watched it, but I haven't seen a lot of it. They have a podcast, which is really great. Okay. They're going through They're going through their own episodes. They just took a hiatus for like a month because they were filming the new season. They just came out with a new episode yesterday. And they mentioned, they had, and the episode they do, they have Nora Dunn, who was an actress who was on um, Saturday Night Live. You probably, you recognize her from stuff. I just found out, so she's, uh, this guy, Kevin Dunn, the guy who plays Joel Hornick, it's her brother. Oh. So, I don't know, I thought that was kind of cool, because literally, I was looking him up, and it goes, oh, it's Nora Dunn. I was just literally listening to a podcast about Nora Dunn yesterday. I thought that was kind of interesting. Oh, is that, wait, let me see if it's who I'm thinking of. One yeah, if you, you see her, you recognize her. She's from, like, the Phil Hartman era of Saturday Night Live. Three I think she might have dated Phil Hartman. Okay, okay. Huh. Yeah, okay. I can see the resemblance. A little bit. All right. Yeah, no, it's a it's a good one. It's stock the best one of season one, I think. Now let's go on to season one, episode five. The stock tip. You wanna give the plot synopsis? Yep. George um convinces Jerry to go in on a stock with him because he's got an in. This guy Wilkinson who tells him when to buy uh he knows a guy named Simons who knows a guy named Wilkinson who makes money off the stock market. This guy always wins millions on the stock market, so he convinces Jerry to invest. And we get Vanessa who comes back, the girl he does he dates in the or he meets in the, the stakeout. He's dating yep. her here, and Jerry and her go away to Vermont for a couple of days to a bed and breakfast. And uh, Jerry ends up losing money in the stock market, and George ends up winning quite a bit. Do you remember and the name of the company they're supposed to invest in? Uh, Centrax. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was Zentrax or Centrax. I, I, I I've seen it both spelled with C and S, but it's like Centrax. Centrax. You know what they do? I I think I'm going to confuse it for what George says at the end about the robot. There's like a That's, robot that yeah. does something. That's at the end. What is it? What happens in Zentrax? Zentrax is they're televising opera. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. What did what did they do at the end? What's the it's the Tramco Corporation out of Springfield. <laughs> yeah. They're developing robot what? It's something so stupid like a Ro- great robot butcher. <laughs> that's right. That's the that's the end of the stock tip at the end. That's right. Uh, uh, I, this episode has um, a lot of the comedy bits that Jerry does throughout the season one episode. They're kind of hokey, but the the opening bit he's talking about at a restaurant when you're 
I, I always think of it and I, I laugh every time I pay a check at a restaurant is when you get to the restaurant and you're hungry and you're like, bring me everything and you're feasting. And then at the end when you're full, and he's like, you got your belt unbuckled, your belly hanging out and you're full and you, you get the check and you go, why am I buying food? I'm not hungry. <laughs> I always laugh at that every time I get a check. Yeah, it, it's it's true, though, because that's that life experience is the voice in your head. It's like, what did I, what have I done? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I also always order way too much food every time because yeah. I always think it's not going to be enough. And then I'm so full and I'm, I'm even more pissed off paying the bill because I'm like, I'm full. Why am I paying for food? I don't want this no more. Can I just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the uh, Superman sense of humor. This I remember the first, the first uh, reference is the Superman in this one. There's a couple too. Yeah, they talk about Superman have super, super humor, super sense of humor. And George, George does not seem like a Superman fan in this one. George says he's not funny. <laughs> oh, where's your friend Superman? <laughs> I like when yeah. he brings it up at the and end. Later, they well, they are clearly referencing the Superman movie, but uh, Elaine says i didn't know superman could reverse time <laughs> we but went over this we went over this yeah. <laughs> i always love that because i feel like that's something i would say to my wife yeah like, i've explained this to you crisis on infinite earth is this thing um i really like elaine's little story about losing her grape like for some yeah. reason it's so entertaining <clears throat> she looked for 10 minutes because we've i think we've all lost the. i think i have a grape under my stove right now that i lost the other day very I definitely really got a blueberry I yeah. don't know what happens to it. I, I definitely have a blueberry under my stove, and it just seems like too much trouble to get. Just like petrified. You find it later, and it's just like dehydrated and petrified. That's all, right? That's all that will happen. I guess so. I don't know. I always think it's going to get bugs. Yeah, I'm scared of that, too. Um, um, I like I like the way they order here. It made me think of you. Jamie, yeah. Not the tuna. Oh, this right. There's an inconsistency, too, because Elaine doesn't want Jerry ordering tuna because of the dolphins. Which is another yeah. big '90s thing. Save the dolphins, but later in um, there's another episode in the future. I think it's uh, I wrote it down in the episode the boyfriend. Elaine loves the tuna at monks. She says mm, very yeah. inconsistent there. Yeah, I think that's all the first first season yeah. figuring it out. But you know, I, another one, another inconsistency. Okay. At the end, George is celebrating. He's puffing away in that cigar. <laughs> But when Susan's dad gives him the box of cigars, he tries to smoke one. He got really sick. He doesn't like cigars. Yes, that's right. But, yeah, no, it's an inconsistency. That's true. Unless it was just a bad cigar. But uh, I did no, like the No, they were great cigars. They were ones that Castro smoked. Remember he gives right. him a Kramer? <laughs> I love when Kramer makes his, his apartment a cigar lounge. Love that moment. I can't wait watching. I cannot wait to get to because I've been going through like I've been doing. I did one, two uh, to freshen up for trivia, but two is still really weak. There's some good stuff in there, but it's weak. Three, four, five, six, seven. Even I've been doing the eight and nine. They're just so fucking funny. I can't wait to get to those seasons. There's just too much to laugh about. I think we're going to start it back. We should have went from the finale backwards. Whatever. No. Like no, the, you got to do it like this. It's just going to get better. No, no, no. You got to do it like Elaine's, this. Elaine has enough, uh, uh, her own little plot in this, but it doesn't, it's not very, they don't get into it too much. 
uh, what's your plot in this? She's a guy named Robert who has two cats. Yes, and she want. Oh, I love that. I love that. With you want to knock out unless Jerry, I'm not knocking off cats. <laughs> That's one of the trivia questions I got right today when we were practicing. How much does she offer Jerry to knock off two cats? Fifteen bucks a pop. Twenty-eight bucks. Fourteen dollars a pop. Yeah, something. <laughs> she, uh, loses out, she loses out to the to the cats. He she gives him an ultimatum. He chose the cats. That's right. What Kramer Kramer comes up with another invention in this episode? What is the it? The tie. The tie. The rollout tie to spend. Rollout tie. You cut off your tie with the stain. You just yeah. roll it right back out. You shouldn't invest in that stock. You should have invested in my roll of tie dispenser. <laughs> I love all of the faces Kramer gives Jerry every time he looks at the paper and the stock so drops. Happy. He just looks. He goes, why does this make you happy? Why? Do you... <laughs> how, mu- how much does Jerry invest? We got this right on trivia one time. I was very proud because I, I was not super familiar with the episode, but I, I remembered it. 2500 2500 yeah. Hey, I got a good one. George says he's going to invest ten, and then he says five. Five. And then it, he it says him and Jerry are both going in. It sounds like it's very confusing how much George invested. So whether he, I'm, I'm not he sure if five. he gets. He says he's going to do five, but then when he goes Jerry twenty five hundred, he goes we'll go in together. It makes it sound like he might also be just doing twenty five hundred. I know that he ends up making about eight grand. He says at the end, it's a Hyundai. It's a Hyundai. <laughs> that was a great line. Yeah. It's a yeah. It's fo- so funny to see George be like the not a sore loser, but a braggart. You know, it's just so on point. If he did have all that money, if he was winning, yeah. <laughs> I like this is one of the few times where I feel like you George gets that last laugh sort of thing. There's another comment on like there's a lot of dry cleaner humor. I feel like this scene doesn't even fit in the thing. It's just Jerry just wanted to comment on dry cleaners shrinking clothes. It's like the car rental moment, right? Where it's the car it's, rental though is very in, in, integral to the plot. It is. This is very true. like it does. It's very out of place. It's literally like like Jerry just wanted. To, it's like the fanny pack thing, or like when the telemarketers called. Jerry just inserts it because he wants he wants to comment on dry cleaners. Yeah, it's his. It's it's using his comedy for a scene. Yeah, pretty much. To get yeah, a, it feels like it's, like it's a whole and, bit. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, in the early ones, that's the way they're doing. They're trying to. Make it like stand up and how comedians get their material, right? Like even the the little shirt he carries, even that's but even that feels very dated too, right? Because like clothes don't shrink anymore. Like that's not a thing. No, but it was it was funny when the the dry cleaner goes, we shrunk it. Yeah. You think it's a little thing I do? I carry around this little shirt or different built dry cleaners out of money. All I want you to say. Is you did it. <laughs> I like when Kramer, he asked if he can have uh, Jerry's, uh, he can have his friends stay in Jerry's apartment <laughs> when he's gone. Who are his friends? Anarchists. They met him at a rock concert. They're really <laughs> They're great people. Really great people. They're anarchists, Jerry. <laughs> like, it's so terrifying to have a neighbor like, like that. You like how they order? So Jerry ends up changing his tuna order to... I do. I love that George takes the... I love that George says, I'll get the tuna. It was just perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was uh, great. Do you like when they sit at the different side of the diner? Yeah, I like it. I like when they move it around. I do, too. It's um, memorable. They make jokes about it later on, too. Like, there's one where Jerry... He gets up and leaves a booth with the girl, and then George comes in. He goes, uh, how about this one? And they go to the other booth, or... 
the one where they sit at the bar and Kramer is trying to talk to them and he can't hear it. He goes in and they're getting all a broken telephone. Yeah, no, it's true. There's there's that sweet spot, but I do like it when they're at the window sometimes. Um, when they duck. <laughs> what's the only funny joke in this whole episode? I have no idea. The only time I, other than the opening bit where he talks about restaurants and paying the check, but the actual from the show is when he's at the bed and breakfast with the girl in uh, Vanessa yeah. in, in Vermont. Yeah. When uh, he asks her what kind of perfume she has, and she goes, uh, uh, I can't tell you. And then in his inner dialogue goes, oh, yeah, that's really normal. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I, all his inner, inner di- dialogue at the uh, bed and breakfast place was so funny. He was like, great, eight more hours where I can figure out your perfume. 29 more hours to figure out, 29 more hours to figure out the, the, what that perfume is. That's the only part I laughed at. Really? You didn't think this was funny? I think this episode is shit. Really? That's awful. I like that George wins at the end. I don't like it because that doesn't feel like it's so out of place. It's not Seinfeld. But that's what makes it. It's just unique. That's no, all. It's no good. It's like you're still like... I don't know, like, Jerry always gets bilked out of money a lot throughout the series, where it's like he always ends up having to pay for, like, Kramer fucking up or Elaine's, you know, long-distance calls or whatever. But Jerry's always, like, doing okay, where this seems like they're very reversed here. George is happy, he's celebrating, he made money. George usually loses, and Jerry usually, he'll lose, but he's not upset about it. Um, and this he'll one, be fine. He'll, he'll be fine, yeah, he'll, he'll be fine. Yeah, no, I get it. But this one, I don't know, it just feels really, really odd. doesn't feel right. Yeah, I mean, but that's what's that's the thing I like about season one, is that the, the episodes are so much more unique, where they're really trying to figure things out, and you're going to get some gold, but nothing is going to, it's going to be so, I don't know, each episode is very much standout-ish in the sense that it's different, and nothing is set in stone yet so i like that there's an episode where george is at the end you know and even when he gives the waitress money and then he pulls something back like there's funny yeah, moments I guess. Like this. Nah, I so this is your least favorite episode of the stock tip i mean of the episode season one yeah absolutely it's terrible yeah. it's so much worse than i remember i thought so there was that one episode where so this is one of the two episodes that you don't like no it now, is now it's a it third no, I didn't really consider it, but it's it's pretty, it's pretty awful. Like it, I don't really laugh. But there's two moments in it where I kind of like, all right, that's kind of funny. Do you think they're trying too hard for laughs in this one? No, I just think they just don't know what they're doing yet. Still. Hmm. Okay. Fair they enough. They haven't figured out the iconic characters yet. I did. I I mean, I'm a sucker for the Superman references. I like that they bring it back at the end where George brings it up and Jerry's able to, you know. Say like those little things with him and Elaine are always funny. Um, I like I said, Kramer, Kramer made me laugh in this one. Just seeing him laugh at Jerry, but yeah, it is it is an oddball of an episode. There's um, I didn't there's... like the storyline with Vanessa. Sorry to cut you off. That one I found that boring to watch. Yeah, I know that's like, where you found the humor, but it's like, but it's like uh, they later on they figure out how to make. What what's uncomfortable for Jerry or George or whatever is still funny for the audience where it's like you're just suffering with Jerry through this or you're like mm-hmm. just not fun. It's like when he's like with uh, 
that guy buckles later. You're just like, it's just not funny for the audience. It's yeah. Like when you have a guy like Banya or you have like other characters that they make it un- like, you know, when George is the butt of the joke and he's unhappy, it's still funny to the audience where here it's just like, it's, you're going through it with him. You're like, this is a, I feel true. comfortable in Vermont as Jerry. It's true. It's true. It, it was relatable, but not in a humorous way. It was more like, oh, I hate those type of moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Fair enough. Fair There's enough. Um, one actor that they bring back later on. Did you notice? This is really deep. The, the stock boy in the grocery store, the Asian man, he asked him if he has puff cereal or something like that. He's later on in the cigar store Indian. He's the Chinese mailman that Jerry asks where there's a Chinese restaurant. He goes, oh, why? Because I'm Chinese. I have to know where the Chinese restaurant are. It's the same. Oh, is it? I didn't realize that. (laughs) You know the guy I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. How could you forget that? I like I like when Jerry gets in like he's like, I can do nothing right with people like everybody. Yeah. No, I like that moment. Um, do you have trivia for this one or do you have giddy ups? Because for someone who doesn't like it, can't imagine. I'll give you trivia for All this. right. All right. All right. Uh, um, okay. Let's see if you remembered. I already said it. What's the uh, the second stock tip? What's the name of the company? The end? Tascom? Tramco Corporation. Tramco. Out of Springfield. Developing robot Robotic butchers. butchers. Yeah. The guy Wilkinson who was in the hospital? Why was he in the hospital? <laughs> Oh, he had a hernia. He had a nose job. Nose job. That's right. <laughs> There's a lot of references like that that they, you know, they bring back these things later on. That's right. They he threw him out with a nose job. Um, that was a very George thing to do, by the way. What? Oh, well, yeah, that is right. Yeah, absolutely. And he gets kicked out. Yeah. Um, Jerry suggests they play two games when they're in Vermont. It's raining out. He suggests that they can play what? Snakes and ladders? Nope. Checkers? <laughs> Sorry. Right, right. Sorry, and yeah. Steal the old man's bundle, which I don't know what that I is. I don't know what that is. I've never heard that is either. Funny. That's kind of funny. <laughs> so you do like those scenes with Vanessa, whereas for me, that's the part of the show I don't like. No, I don't. It's just good trivia. Oh, okay. The only part I like is when she goes. He goes, "What's the name of perfume?" And she goes, "Oh, you wouldn't know it." And he goes, "Oh, tell me." And she goes, "I can't tell you the name." And then his inner dialogue goes, "Yeah, that's really normal." <laughs> that's the only part I laughed at. Oh, Jerry Seinfeld. Mm, all right, I think we did it all. We're good. We got it. All right, season one's a wrap. Well, how so, many giddy ups do you give this one? Give it a five. This is a two. This is awful. This is the, one of the worst episodes ever. I don't hate it. I like the I like the, the one before it more. The uh, male unbonding, not the, but male yeah. unbonding. But yeah. that one, I think, was uh, probably the best episode of season one. Yeah, that was. That was the best episode of season one. I yeah. give it, what did I give it? Five? five. You gave it a five. Yeah. I gave it a four, and stock tip, I gave it two. It's yeah. terrible. All right. I think season two gets good. There's some, some episodes season in here two that is I really better. Season two is better. Yeah. There's some episodes in season two. I'm like, oh, I really like that one. But I got I to gotta look at the, the whole list. 
mean, All right. The best one in, in season two is the Chinese restaurant. Oh, absolutely. Like, that's, that's such a great up. piece of television. That's the first one where you're like, okay, they got it. And then it still takes them a while to really... I mean, I guess it's that's the second last episode of season two. And then I feel like it's... Uh, I was wrong before. In a previous episode, I said that the Pez dispenser is where they started to figure it out in season three. But it's... I meant the library. The libraries. The oh, episode. the libraries. Thanks. The library is, I think, the third episode of season three. That's where it's like, all right, from here on out, it's fuego time. on fire. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, yeah. You, have you ever seen the actor who plays Bookman in Curb Your Enthusiasm? He's no. A, he's a doctor in Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's so great. I love Bookman. So Bookman. good. Yeah, one of the best Seinfeld characters, like guest stars. He's, he's, whole, he's only Columbo. one episode. He's only, totally. He knocked it out the park. Yeah, I can't wait for for season two, season three. We're here. We come. Here we go, Shane. Um, Seinfeld tonight trivia. It's almost time. You're warmed up. You got it flowing through the veins. Yeah, we got it going. We're gonna hear next week what what the highlights were like. I hope Same I have good news to report, but I'm worried. I'm always worried. It's good, though. You got to go in a little worried, right? A little bit of nerves is good because it's going to put what you have to the test, right? Then you settle down, you calm, and you'll be good. I mean, we should win. We've we've prepared more. I can't imagine anybody else. Oh, I didn't tell you the news. Tell me. So um, our, our nemesis, who um, we've played against many times at Trivia, who's beat us many times, who gets perfect, his team name is Son of Dad. Mm-hmm. It's usually just him, and like sometimes he comes with his sister, sometimes he comes with his girlfriend, but you can tell it's just him that's like knows everything. Um, the not last time, the time before, we beat him, which we finally we've never beat him before. He's your Newman, but then we still lost overall, so it was mm. bittersweet. Last time we beat him and we won everything. He reached out to like one of the guys on my team. He wanted to merge teams. He wants to join what? our team. So he's on your team now. No, we turned him down. We can't. We can't. We can't st- spare a square. I like it. I like it. Nice. Because it felt wrong. It felt like when LeBron joined the Heat. Like it just—it's not right. You know what I mean? Like it's a—we shouldn't be building an all-star team. We'd be unstoppable with this guy. It didn't yeah. feel right. We we go out there and beat his ass. Now he's taking us serious. I respect it, Shane. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. Um. You're going to do it. And as we speak right now, maybe tomorrow when this airs or whenever we put it out there, uh, you won't be the champion. But currently, this is Seinfeld Trivia Champion of Toronto. That's right. Yeah. That's what we are. Think, we can say that. That's right. <laughs> so good luck tonight. You got this. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Hope you're having fun with us as we go through these Seinfeld episodes and giggle with each other and hit each other with trivia. Uh, there will be more to come. The episodes are going to get just more funny, more better, more better. That's a, is that more right? Better. More better, more fun, and better. Uh, rate and review the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Signing off. I'm Eric Anthony. Want to say your name? Oh, Shane. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for coming out. What does Jerry say? Thanks for coming out. That's the end of the show. Take yeah. care.